welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. The Farm Answers Podcast takes a deeper look at projects funded by the USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Beginning Farm and Rancher Development Program and how they are reaching beginning farmers and ranchers. Hi, Margaret. Thank you for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. So today we have Margaret Morgan Hubbard with Eco City Farms on our Farm Answers podcast. And Margaret, I've been reading up about your organization, Eco City Farms, and just all the work that you've been doing to educate beginning farmers. Um, you all have been at it for, for a little while, too. Can you tell me about Eco City Farms? Yes, this is our 13th year, and um, we're really excited. I not I had not expected all the developments that happened. We have... Um, Now we have three farms, um, three different sites, Um, one farm, three different sites, but um, one is in a town called Edmonston, the other is in a town called Bladensburg, and the third is at Watkins Regional Park. The third one we started this year, and the purpose of it is to be an incubator for new farmers because we were concerned that too many of the people who learned on our farms didn't have a place to go. So now um, this site is 11 acres and um, there'll be 10 farmers on it. And some of our new farmers already started there. That sounds fabulous. And these are all in Prince George County, Maryland? Prince George's, yeah. There's an S at the end. Perfect. Yeah, and who who are you serving at Eco City Farms? You serve a really interesting community and an underserved one at that. Yes. Yeah, so um, Eco City Farms is in these three sites. It's called the Port Towns, and they were on um, the Anacostia River, um, which was the biggest river, even though people know about the Potomac and Washington and all that stuff. The Anacostia was really the biggest port in the Washington area and came through Prince George's County. And it's silted over now, so it's not as famous, but it's but that's what it was. And so we're on the Anacostia River. We have um, er, what, what are called urban farms, and our training is different from some of the others in that we are training urban farmers. Urban farmers may never have farmed before. They may never have grown up on a farm. They don't really live in a farming community, Um, but they live in a community where there are a lot of people who eat and a lot of people who are hungry. And so one of the things that, and not only hungry, but that where good food is generally not available. There's a lot of fast food of all kinds, but um, I wanted to change the, the food, um, I guess, menu of our community and the food landscape of our community, because um, at one point, what our community was known for is cars that were stolen from Washington, D.C., were repaired and sent overseas. Wow. <laughs> so we, I decided that what we needed was a different business model. Margaret, you had a great vision. So you're you're in a food desert. The, the reputation of the area isn't great and 
you started this 13 years ago and, and things are happening. Can you tell me more about um, this project that you received funding for? What what were you able to, to do and, and why was it so necessary? You kind of alluded to that, like this wasn't a great area. There are a lot of fast food restaurants and things, but, you know, what did and it they, do for yeah. Yeah, I'd be happy to talk about it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do. But we have, um, so a lot of what I wanted to do and what we have done is change the vision of what our community is and what people can aspire for and um, and who can be there. So we didn't just create farms. We created community meeting places. We created places, sort of oases of green in, um, in otherwise not very, um, you know, blighted, blighted air an area. Um, one of our farms um, is on a, on land that was previously um, high rise buildings, and four high rise buildings and a parking lot were pulled down many years ago, and then it just became a dump. And so when we started our farms, um, we we just changed so much about what it looks like, and it's beautiful now there. And um, and that's our training farm. That one is four acres and it's four acres of um, we have we do um, everything from growing in hoop houses to growing on open land. Um, we have um, we have both composting and vermicomposting there. We have classrooms. It's awesome. And it's all. And most of what we build things out of is shipping containers of various kinds. So um, there, we have two shipping containers that are together with with an arched roof, and um, that that's our classroom. And um, we are now actually at the and at our other farm. We're now finishing a new classroom. We just got a grant to finish a classroom that is also made of shipping containers that are cut apart. And then there's a floor between them and an arch ceiling. And they're, they're beautiful and they're beautiful in a way, in a different way. Mm-hmm. We have a processing kitchen also made of shipping containers and refrigeration called Coolbot. They're, they're great experiments. You sound incredibly resourceful as I'm listening to you. I'm like, if you want to get something done, this gets done, huh? Yes, it gets done. I, I, no, um, my motto is, uh, yeah, you can't say no to me. That's uh, <laughs> I am. so. Um, but I, you know, I just persist. If if they say no, I just find another way. And we've been. We not only had to. Um, we were the first urban farm in this area. We not only had to. Um, find all the resources, but we had to convince people. We had to change the. Um, the the land use log and we 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 finally right now when I started you could not do an urban farm in mm-hmm. our county now ninety percent of the land is available to urban farming so wow we changed the laws we started you know we've done everything we can to try to make good food available to all people which is not the case yet. Well, it sounds like you're certainly headed in in the right direction, and I love that like you have these super quantified results. To ninety percent of the land is now available to urban farming. That's that's awesome, and it's impressive in thirteen years. Um, so you are training beginning farmers, right? And you know, it's a multi. It sounds multi pronged. Like, yep, we're going to have more food available 
but it's both like people get to eat better and they have a way of life. So like lots of different communities are being impacted. Can you tell me a bit about how your program helps beginning farmers? Um, maybe like how many people have been impacted or a story about one of your farmers? Yeah, I'd love to. We um, So we have had, this is our sixth year of beginning farmer funding from USDA and, and um, last week I just submitted, actually a few days ago, we just submitted our next proposal, which we hope will get funding because each year we learn more and we certainly hope that that learning gets um, gets utilized. But and, and the last three years were pretty challenging given COVID mm-hmm. and other things. But our farmers, the people we the communities we draw from are surprising they are um they are in the category that usda has set up of limited resource or um historically um underserved um socially disadvantaged folks they are um they're all colors and descriptions, but the majority are African American and um, and some Latinos and then and and then some white folks. Um, they are all people with um, fewer than three years of actual farming. Some grew up under with their grandmother's farming um, or doing gardening. Others mm-hmm. have never done very much at all, but they're all very, very passionate about learning to farm, involving their families and growing healthy food and having control over what food they have available to them and they eat. There are a lot of people who are concerned that healthy food um, is is our medicine and we don't um, get to, you know, get to uh, access the food that we really trust. So all of our food is organically grown. We um, use no no toxins and no chemicals. Even when we compost, we don't even use paper or other products that they claim are compostable. We we are we go for purity, and we go for whatever our worms will eat. And our worms, uh, we have hundreds of thousands of worms that produce vermicompost. So we try to do the whole thing from we we try we've looked at the circle about the food system and tried to do to um, impact every every part of that circle um, from from growing the food to um, to distributing it. We for a while we did a farmer's market, but now we just do CSAs, which is we make the food available weekly in bags to to particular families and communities. So um, we also bring food since COVID. We've been bringing food to a senior center as well of um, 40 40 bags a week to people who don't um, have access to healthy food. And it's it's free to them. My eyes just got really big when you said 40 bags a week. That's a lot of um, that's a lot of groceries. That's a lot of food. And yeah, I I am really amazed you've incorporated the entire supply chain, like you said, from the beginning, like even creating the soil and making it a really good soil all the way to the end where people are consuming it and then every part in between. And it sounds sounds like um, 
not only are people eating healthier, right? So we have healthier people, that's good for, for society, but they're also able to, to maybe make a little money for themselves too through this CSA. So economically giving them an advantage as well. Um, how does a beginning, do you have a story about like one specific farmer that you've worked with that you wanna talk about? Well, I was I was just going to add that the, um, one of the critical things that you can do in urban farming is you can involve the whole family. So there are people who not only pe when people sign up for our program and our program is different from other beginning farmer programs in that um, we do everything ourselves in house. So. If a university does a beginning farmer training program, they may have high, they may hire other people to do it, or they may put place people on other farms. All of our people are trained on our farm. They given land on our farm to grow on. They um, they learn both the. We have a classroom set up where we work with Prince George's Community College, and then we have a. Um, but we do the teaching. We do it at the community college and they get college credit for it. But we also do um, we also do hands on work with them. And so by the end of uh, we do, it's a 10 month program. So by the end of 10 months, people have learned both the technical and the hands on aspect of it. And um, and then we try. We also have hired many of our farmers. So. Um, for example, one of our farmers is a is a man from um, the Cameroon who had been farming for a long time in the Cameroon. He's a he was a coffee farmer and he came here. Um, he's never been employed, but we we trained him on any of the things that that he had had to learn that were not, you know, I mean, the Cameroon has a very different climate and um, and coffee is a very different product from ours. Yes, um, we, we grow vegetables, um, but he has the ethic of farming and um, our farm looks 100 times more beautiful since since he was trained and now works for us. We have hired probably 15 of the people we've trained over a period of time. So many of it has now become the source of our farming staff as well. Um, These results are just amazing. Like, I feel like I just keep getting like little punches here. Like we did this and we did that and we did this. It's what a great program. Uh, yeah. And then and as I was saying, they um, when they join our program, they can have their spouse or significant other join with them, um, come to any of the classes. Do, do the work with us. We for for women, although it's certainly true with men, too. We also teach um, how to use tools because actually a farmer has to um, do a lot of repair work of all kinds. I mean, half of our work is maintenance and fixing things, you know, and so we train people how to use like machinery that they don't usually use in life um, or haven't in before. So, and um, that's, that's very empowering. I mean, a part of it is really um, to have people feel powerful and, and useful and um, stronger and healthier. So we also have youth programs that are, um, and we, we take high school youth from the area um, and, 
Um, they spend six weeks in the summer on the farm. They, they get to meet the beginning farmers and talk with them as well. But they also learn to farm. And the most important thing for us is they learn to cook um, healthy food. So every day the kids cook meals for each other and eat them. And we, the only rule we have is you eat meat all the time. We don't grow meat on this farm. So you can, we're going to teach you how to, um, how to use vegetables. And at first they really protest because to them a meal is meat and chips. But um, they, at the end, they really are excited. And we also give them bags to bring home to their family. Oh, that's beautiful. And I'm, as you're talking to, I'm like, more results. This is great and um, remarkable results at that. But also that you've incorporated like, okay, so the whole supply chain, but also like from young to old, you've engaged the whole population too. It's, um, I don't know, what a great program. Can you tell me a little bit, how does a beginning farmer engage with your program if they're interested in, in learning more or learning how to farm? What's the best way for them to get involved? Uh, our website um, appetizes our program. Um, our website is um, www.ecocityfarms.org. And um, it, it directs people to an application. Um, we, we start, so we have trained um, 20, about 20 farmers a year. As I said, it's a 10 month commitment. Um, so over the six years, we've reached probably um, 120 new new and beginning farmers. Um, not all of them become farmers, uh, the, but, but all of them learn so much more about food and the food system that it's really, it's, I think it's so valuable for people to know how food is grown and not to think that a bag, that food comes in a bag and is, um, you know, not even in the freezer anymore because, or in the free refrigerator because it's, it'll last forever in a yeah, bag. I think you're right. Your health, right? You cannot put a value on good health, right? You can't buy it. It just happens. So if you're able to eat good, nutritious food, you're giving yourself a priceless gift. And to, to understand the importance of that, the work that you're doing, it's phenomenal. Um, so you mentioned your website, ecocityfarms.org, where people can, can find out more or enroll in your program. Are there any other places, um, social media sites that people should check out? We have, a, we have a, um, we have a Facebook page as well. So, um, it's fate. Uh, yeah, it's, and, and I think we have an Instagram page that's tied to the Facebook page. So we have those things. Um, and if you check, if they look up eco city farms, they can, they can find that. I think we're even on, um, um, I know I'm on um, LinkedIn. I don't know whether the farm per se is, but I, they can find us through social media. Yes. Okay. Eco City Farms on Facebook and Instagram and Margaret Morgan Hubbard on LinkedIn. Those are the places to find additional information. I want to thank you for joining us today. I um, never know exactly what I'm going to learn. And I learned so much today. And mostly I feel just very inspired by all of your work because it is 
so broad and it just seems like you've like i'm making motions with my hands but like you've stretched across the supply chain you've stretched up and down with all the ages great job wow um thank you so much for um sharing your story today and being a part of the podcast thank you it was fun thank you for listening to the farm answers podcast this episode was hosted by betty burning produced by curtis monken and jeff reisdorfer Listen and subscribe to the Farm Answers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major streaming platforms. Tell your smart device to play the Farm Answers podcast. To learn more about this USDA NIFA BFRDP project and other projects, visit farmanswers.org. The Farm Answers podcast and farmanswers.org are funded by the United States Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and are a product of the Center for Farm Financial Management at the University of Minnesota. 